Blog Talk Radio. Blackwriterspace.ning.com. 
So stay tuned for that. I'll also be posting as well on the Facebook page. And this week the blog will be updated with some of our latest um, guests, authors, and uh, writers that we've had on the show for uh, probably all the way back to the end of December, January. So um, just stay tuned for that. And we'll be um, definitely keeping you posted on some things. Um, If we have any listeners tonight, feel free to call in. Once our guest gets on, um, we're going to discuss his book, his um, career as a writer, and uh, see what new things, what new projects he has coming up. Well, we didn't have many listeners last night, but I do see two people went back and listened to the show. It was really good. Really, really, really good. Also, um, stay tuned and look out for um, my postings on Facebook concerning marketing packages. I am offering offering some marketing packages for um, mainly for, like, new authors. We know a lot of times we think that when we um, complete our book, it's in print, it's in our hand, that it's just going to automatically sell, and that's not how it works. You have to really hustle and get your book out there so that people know who you are and what what you're about, what your book is about, so then they can go on and purchase it. So um, we are definitely here to um, encourage you to market, sell your book, keep writing, don't let anything um, get in the way of saying, well, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, because you can. It's some independent authors and writers out here, and they're starting their own publishing companies and doing very well. And it's actually kind of allowing the the, the original uh, aspect of publishing to sink. It's like, you know, people are sending their books into these major publishing companies, and they're not um, – they're not accepting them. So then what happens is they go ahead and they self-publish their own book. And then what they end up making millions, and then now the publishing companies are coming running like, okay, now we want you. But then at that point it's like, I don't need you now. So it's um very, very interesting to know um, how to get out here and do things on your own and and then you end up getting a better response from the people who are um, the major companies. So this really taking a turn in the publishing industry. Um, we're still waiting on our guest to show. But anyhow, uh, if there are any listeners out there, feel free to call in, comment, feel free to email us if you have any ideas. If you have any uh, suggestions, comments, feel free to email us at BlackWriterSpace. That's with two S's at gmail.com. We are definitely here to support you. Feel free to check out our blog spot. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, I also have a new website. I've been trying to mention it on um, all the shows. I don't think I mentioned it last night. It's called iloveurbanlit.ning.com. And that's basically geared towards the readers. Now, the Black Writer Space site is geared towards the writers, the authors, the publishers, and that, but the people who put the projects together. But then 
We also want to support the readers, the people who are purchasing your product, who are buying your product and um, passing it on to other readers. So those are you, you want to always support them as well because that's what makes your book sell. So um, definitely check that out. And um, let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. If you have any ideas, topics you think we should be discussing, um, let us know so we can get the word out and maybe um, implement some of those ideas in our show. I see we have two callers over the phone tonight, so I'm excited about that. Thank you guys for listening to us and supporting Black Writer Space. Oh, I do have um, an event coming up. Uh, Don't have an exact date yet. I'm confirming the venue this week. By the end of this week, I should know. A location and an exact date. I know it will be on a Sunday. It will be in Chicago, somewhere around the downtown area. But I'll be planning the first annual Authors and Writers Spring Literary Book Expo. So it's not going to be nothing really, really, really big, but just a small, intimate event. Um, going to have book vendors. I do know that the vendor tables will be $50. So if you're interested in that, and coming to sell your book, um, let me know. You can uh, email us or hit me on Facebook, Twitter. And um, I've already had some responses concerning the event, so I'm excited about that. I just need to get a date. And what I'm going to do is, because it's going to be our first event, it's not going to be a charge. It's going to be free for people to come out. It will be on a Sunday, but it's not going to be a late event because I do know people have to work on Monday morning. So it'll be something around 6 to 10, 5 to 10. And I'm just looking to really have a good time. I really want people to come out. The purpose is for people to come out and see what we are all about that way. Um, Just trying to get the word out there in Chicago and and all over. Everyone is welcomed. Um, So um, check us out. I uh, will be posting information about that event on the website and Facebook as well. Um, wow. I'm, I'm looking for my uh, guest. He hasn't called in yet. Uh, we are going to take a break real quick, and we'll be right back.
Good evening. We are back, and this is Black Writer Space. I'm your host, Ms. Mocha. Um, tonight, our guest is Ronnie D. Johnson, author of Freaks, which stands for Federal Response Enforcement Against Kids Sex. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm good. We had some callers, but they done hung up. <laughs> I talked for a little bit, and I'm like, I'm waiting for my author to call in. And I was calling, I was calling, I was like, oh, what did I do? And I was like, okay, calm down, we're in, we're good. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah, we're good, we're good. So let's just um, get started, and I have your, um, do have your bio, but uh, just tell us a little bit. I like to start with um, the author, and tell us about you as a writer. Were were you um, a writer as a child, or did you start as adulthood? Tell us a little bit about how you started with the writing thing and, and write, writing your book. Okay, uh, really, I actually, once I got out of the military, I um, was a hacker. I'm going to sit there and not lie to you. <laughs> That's how I made my money. Uh, and uh, I got... Uh, uh, you could just say, I got out of it after I had kids. I, I basically said, okay, it's not a good look for daddy. You know, you know, I got kids, and I, I couldn't take that chance on uh, getting arrested. So uh, I got out of the uh, hacking game and the uh, street racing game and went to school and got my degree and, um, got a, like I said, became a square box, got a job. And uh, my job was at an IS manager for a, a mental health agency. And mm-hmm. I learned the other side of the world because I lived in my little world and I, I lived the way I wanted to live. And I, if it didn't affect me, I, I didn't have nothing to do with it. But after mm-hmm. I got to working for the mental health agency, I got to learn about the half that couldn't do what I did and couldn't live the way I lived because of their mental illness. And it, it's just this one kid in particular as I talked to his parents and I got to know him, I found out that his illness didn't come from something of a birth defect or anything like that. It came from abuse. Oh, okay. And he basically took his molestation and it it infected him mentally to the point he held it like an illness. And Mm it, uh, as he got older, he acted out, and he got older, and he acted out. And once he became a man, the first thing he did was the same thing that happened to him. Oh, wow. And and, and so as I found out, I after he got arrested one time, and I, I was in there talking to him, and he would talk to me. And he finally told me. He was like, uh, that's the only thing I know. That's what they taught me. And mm. when to reach out for help, no one would help me. Wow. It, it irritated me to the point of no end because I was sitting up there, all you had to do was say something. All you had to do was tell somebody, and they would help you. Well, as I it come to find out, I started meeting more and more people, and the same thing had happened to them. And I meet more and more people now, the same thing has happened to them, and they hold it inside them for so long as an illness. Mm. And, and so now, it, it to me... I think what I I drummed up in my head was one of those quick fixes. 
But as I've learned to meet and I've learned and met more people, now I'm like, no, it's a little bit bigger than what I thought. So let me open the genre up to write more and more about it and make it to some, give them someone to talk to. Because um, the more I thought about it was I can only fix one person at one time, but if I open my boundaries up, I can help many. And writing is my boundary. I have no limits when I write. I can do whatever I want to as a writer. And that was the one thing, the key, that I keyed upon once I started writing because really in the uh, original script of the books, it was actually a thousand pages. Mm. I I had to edit it down to wow. make it so. Mm. That's a lot. Yes. I can and imagine I mean, how many words that was. Yes, and I mean to to this day, right now, I got more books to start writing on. But like I was telling on on, on more and more people as I talk to them, every day I get a new subject. Every day I have a new victim. And more and more today than it was when I first wrote the book. And I wrote the book back in 04. Wow. So now you write the book as fiction, but it's actually real stories? Yes, ma'am. Okay, okay. You have to protect, you know. You have yeah, to protect, I understand. You know, so I said, okay, I'll make a fictional character, but a lot of the stories that I write about are true stories. Wow. And you know what? Those are the best ones. It's like, uh, who did I have? I had Omar Tyree on last week, and he said the same thing. Well, it's still, it has, has happened to someone. Yes. Even if you just made it up, it's happened to somebody. My so. thing is, well, as a, and this is where I had to go back on and say, do I really want to go back to jail? But I'm fighting something bigger than jail, so I take my chances. As As a person that knows how to, Manipulate computers. I won't say hack, but I'll say know mm-hmm. how to manipulate computers. A lot of people's best friends are their computers. Mm-hmm. They kill everything to their computers. Mm-hmm. If I have the yeah. eye to the friend, what do I have the eye to? I have the eye to a piece of them, and they tell, and they talk about it. And then when I meet them in person, I actually know what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's scary. <laughs> Um, But then think about it. The way that the synopsis of of my book, Freaks, is, is two people in this world that hasn't been stopped, but they evolve over the years. Mm -hmm. Sex traffickers, molesters, and predators, hackers. Mm. They're never the same faces and they're never the same type. And one thing about it, no matter how they make laws, they find ways around them. So I said, instead of pitting cops against predators and cops against sex traffickers and cops against this, I said, what if the number one thief or criminal in the world goes up against the number one crime in the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, wow. Remember the, the, uh, the Clash of the Titans? A Titan versus a Titan. Wow. Because no matter how we've tried, including the world's richest man, Bill Gates, $250 million on the guy's head that hacked Microsoft. $250 million, a lot of money. And, but yet he couldn't stop him. It's the world's most powerful man. Even Barack Obama, the president of the United States, can't stop a hacker. Mm-hmm. 
with all of infinite wisdom and power that they have, they can't stop them. They figure out ways to do it. And so my thing was, if they can do this, imagine if they said, okay, we're going to stop doing little malicious stuff, messing up websites and messing with folks, and we're going to go out of everybody that tries to hurt a child via sex trafficking, via, you know, predators, molestation, the whole nine. We're going to pinpoint what we do and go after them and put them in the light and let the police make it easy for the police department or the federal government to do what they do to bring them to justice. Hmm. Wouldn't that be a way of saying we evolved? We're not that person that's dreaded anymore. We're no, we're we're now the anti-hero, and so that's where freaks evolve from. A guy that didn't plan on being a hero is now a hero. Wow! You show me one child that's been molested, sex trafficking, and you don't feel mm-hmm. sorry for him. Something wrong with that person. Mm-hmm. And then and here. Every day now you hear about 13, 14-year-old girls out there in the streets turning tricks now. Channel mm-hmm. 3 just did a big news story this morning about it, and they're saying for as simple as $120, $150, you can have sex with them. Wow. Their step worth at 14 years old is $150. I said, so, um, and I tried to talk to one uh, guy, and I told him, I said, okay, then. You don't know how to talk to a young lady and, or a young man and tell them do not never put a price on your worth, then remind them every year of your life you lose 10% of it. So if you put yourself at $150 and every year you lose 10% of that $150, what are you worth at the age of 30? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's good stuff. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. You, you just answered like about three or four of my, my next questions. So um, what did you say? I'm sorry. No, what I was saying is um, a lot of times as I write and now as the a lot of these crimes are now starting to come to light, I um. My book sale. Everybody was like, how, how's the book doing? I said, the book does fine, but it does no good with somebody when they won't read it. They won't understand it. So I uh, said, I'm doing commercials. I haven't done a lot of book signings because book signings is okay if somebody knows about it. But I said, I'm going to do something a little bit bigger because this thing is bigger than just a book signing. It's bigger than just a book. We have to re-educate ourselves on what's going on with our kids to make mm-hmm. them a little bit better so that they'll be stronger for our future. Because without them, there is no future. So that's the thing to look for. Okay. Okay. Um, Tell me, me, what's the hardest part? What was the hardest part about writing your book? The hardest part about writing my book is keep containing all this infinite knowledge of future events, Mm. but not overblow the book. Because you have so much stuff to add into it, and because I did it, and I didn't want to just write the book and say, okay, this book is about this guy and how he brings him to justice. I wanted to bring some adventure into the book. That's why I brought the science fiction part into the book. I brought in nanotechnology. I brought in um, electromagnetic pulse uh, technology. I'm bringing in newer technologies so that not only am I bringing in avid readers of 
crime journals, I'm bringing in the technology people so that they can actually jump on this bandwagon and say, okay, let's look how we can bring forth some of this technology and help use it to heal people and not just sit on it and say, I know how to do this, and I'm holding it my secret, and it never gets out in the world anymore. One of the guys when I grew up that planted a seed in me was Gene Roddenberry. And Gene Roddenberry's theory was I don't have to build it, make it, patent it, but if I plant the seed for it, I might plant the seed in one young mind, and before I leave this planet or my legacy on this planet, it will get done. A lot of people mm. say, that's not true. I said, okay, then, I'm going to give you a quick, tricky lesson that's going to hit hard to you in about five minutes. And when you say I'm ready, you say ready, and I'm going to bring you up to part real quick. Ready? Ready. <laughs> okay. The the beginning of Star Trek, the first time you saw Captain Kirk, he stood up on a rock. He reached in his pocket. He pulled out this communicator. He flipped it out and made a phone call, right? Hmm. How many times have you used a flip phone? All the time. Okay, then. But think about it. That was back in the early 60s. Mm. Captain... Okay, then. Now I'm going to roll you up. Who did Captain Kirk call? Oh, I don't know. He called a ship in outer space. It was a black lady that answered the phone with this little Bluetooth in her ear. Back in the 60s. Oh, shut your mouth. Now, people use what? Bluetooth every day. Every day. Every day. Now, I'm going to bring you up again. Captain Kirk always had a good meal, and it didn't take him long to get that meal. He would go to his little box, stick this little thing in there, push a button, comes out, he got a full-course meal. Microwave. Wow. <laughs> well, again, Captain Kirk stood in front of the screen. That guy saw him. He saw him. They communicated back and forth. I think we call that a video Video tech. Yeah. Okay. Video conferencing, yeah. Skype, video text. Yeah. This was back in the early 60s. So what did you learn from Gene Roddenberry's theory? He didn't patent it back then. But now there's a patent stuff that we use every day like it's nothing. So he planted seeds, futuristic seeds that people tend to forget. It started back in Star Trek. Then I'm going to bring you up a little bit farther. In 2000, 2002, there was a Star Trek Next Generation. And there was a captain on the ship by the uh, John Luke Picard. Every day, John Luke Picard would get updates and he would get books to read. And what would he read it on? He read it on his oh, tablet. Don't... He read it on his okay. tablet. Okay. Uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? Before that the iPad. Before, the iPad, the e-books, the, all that. Mm-hmm. Was back, go back look at some of the older Star Trek. You'll see them. That's how they read. There was no paper, pad. They they just wow. had it in the front of his hand. It had nothing on it, but it simulated a tablet. To this day, we use a tablet to do what? Email, read mm-hmm. books. We are starting to learn from Wow, a seed that was planted by somebody back in the early 60s. Now, here it is, 21st century. This 42-year-old, 40, well, I'm about to be 44, but Arthur is planting seeds. My seed would do one thing that everybody tends to forget, but it, it hurts every family in America. I plan on healing. Mm. In the way I, is using a simple technology that's out there, but the government 
and humanity is afraid of it. The, the technology is called nanotechnology. In my book, I, I put out a nice long paragraph of my views on nanotechnology and how this person uses it to heal himself but also heal the world if we open our mind to it. Nanotechnology will become a part of your immune system if they is injected into your body. It will not deform your body, but it works along with your immune system. Get what that means. That means that cancer no longer has a place in your body because it's not a part mm-hmm. of the the generics or the uh, genetics. So what does the uh, nanotechnology be? With the help of a doctor, he can tell a nanos where to go to remove the cells without any surgeries and put it into your system so that it will eject it out naturally. Shut up. No more surgeries. Wow. People wow. that have sclerosis, that's getting those genes that are attacking their muscle cells, nanocells will go in find the multiple sclerosis and eradicate it naturally and help your body build back up its muscles by eradicating stuff that's making them ill naturally. Okay, then, but they everybody say, but it's a nanocell. A nanocell is a robot. Why would we inject robots in our body we can't control them? Of course you can control them. The thing is, is how the government will manipulate the doctors to do it. But the doctors don't want to do it because of simple fact. They make less money. They make make more money of trying new things to fix it when there's a fix right there, but they will not do it because they see once we start doing this, we cannot make money off of this. We can't make new money off of scanning equipment. We can't make new money off of the drugs. So it will change. The military will look at it like, well, if we get it to our soldiers, we will have unstoppable soldiers. They will not get sick. They will not catch colds. Mm-hmm. Why would we this with the human public? Well, because then we, the military would be more powerful than anybody that we could come up against, so we wouldn't have to worry about that. People would live longer. Now, those are some of the things that I plant in one book, 464 pages of information. I teach parents how to read this book and understand how to look through it and see the signs of what's going on with their children and some of the things that their children are doing. And then I tell them tales of what happened to some of the kids. Now, as the book goes in the book, too, you're going to find out the next evolution of what happened to these kids and where it goes from. But that's another story. Wow. Wow, you have some, a lot of information, stuff I sure enough did not know and never really thought about. Wow. Right. But, see, the thing is, I planted a seed in in your mind for you to think. Exactly. I and want you to think. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because, see, the thing about it is we've been, our minds have been jellied. And everybody says, what do you mean by jellied? I can give you a book, and this book would be the best thing on the planet. And then I turn on that TV, who's going to win? Hmm. The TV wins every time. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to us. We got the TVs. Now we can watch the TVs, and it's almost in 3D. It's almost jumping out of the TV. You put in the big surround sounds. You almost got a movie theater in your house. But I give you a book. Your imagination can make five times of what that TV can do, but the TV wins every time. Mm-hmm. So, as a writer, I write books to evolve into TV so that I can teach you from the book 
and I can teach you from the screen. Wow. Absolutely great, great, great information, especially about the technology. I'm, I'm still thinking about the Star Trek. <laughs> I would have never, never even thought about that, but you are definitely right. The flip phone, I mean, the Bluetooth. Well, okay. Um, since I, you went there, I'm going to throw something back at you, and you're really going to go, man, be quiet. Don't say another word. When was the last time you went to the doctor? Uh, about a month ago. Have you ever seen the, um, the the doctor scan, do an X-ray of you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, go back to the 60s and watch Dr. McCoy scan over people. Cat mm. scan, all that, that started from Star Trek. Wow. That was, that was another Star Trek piece. Microwaves, flat screen TVs, video chatting. Mm. Back in yeah. the 60s. Mm. Wow. And this is 2012, and we're using all this stuff. Yes. I'm still waiting on, you know, I guess what's next is the cars flying the in the air. Yeah. You already took mm-hmm. that. There's a prototype flying car out there, but they're afraid to put it on the market because now people will have to relearn how to drive. They can, there's no way to... Work out a GPS system that will actually navigate the road for you so that you won't fly into somebody. Mm. But the first thing you got to remember, to make a flying car, you got to create a infinite source. What are they working on now that's almost an infinite source, but they just ain't figured they are, They get close, but they're not there yet. I don't, I don't know. Electric cars. Oh yeah, right. No, they do have some of them out yet. Um, just a right. little bit. Yeah, yeah they're, they're I particularly don't trust them because you have to what charge them up or something like a battery. There you go. But it's yeah. not a good thing. But that battery lasts for a couple. You could drive a couple hundred miles. And then they got the ones that's half electric, half gas. When the electric runs out, you can run the gas to your the battery charges back up. Then it goes back electric. You switch back and forth. Well, as technology evolves, you're going to hear something called ions. You're going to hear lithium ions, and I talk about that in the book. Lithium ions are a negative-positive energy charge that as long as there's a negative and positive and it's basically chasing each other, it creates a power source that's infinite as long as they keep chasing each other. So once they can figure out how to contain this, It'll be an unlimited power source because these two will sit there and chase each other, trying to get close to each other, but they can't because one is negative and other is positive, so they're pushing against each other. They come to spin around, spin around to the power as it builds power. Hmm. But then everybody says it doesn't exist. But if you go back to what? 1960s and beyond and watch Star Trek, lifting your ions, and you get it? They're listening to You're going to have me pulling up Star Trek. Oh, YouTube. I know they got it on YouTube. And on YouTube, you're going to learn a lot that what was said in fiction has become factual. One of the leading scientists in the world, Michio Kaku, he has a radio show on the radio, and he's on Facebook. If you actually throw these questions out there at Michio Kaku, he would explain it to you scientifically. 
that yes, it is possible. There's no there's no limit on science anymore. The possibilities wow. are limitless, quote unquote. I've learned so much from this man, and I just got into him in the last couple of years. And I was like, wait a minute, I was into that back in the day. And he was, and he's there. He's teaching people that what they were doing on TV back in the day is fiction is now factual. Wow. He's writing science books that were told us that there were limitations on matter and antimatter and stuff like that. He's rewriting them because there's no limitations on them now. So as humans, what you used to tell me I can't do, I said the word mm-hmm. can't because I'm limitless within my mindset. I have to get out there and make my mind, make my body build this to make it future. And once I make future, everybody else can grasp it and understand it. As our technology grows, we're going to grow older, sure enough, but the new minds that are coming out will take us to that next generation. We might not see it, but they will, and they're going to go, wait a minute, he wrote about this, and now I'm making it. Mm-hmm. Wow. You remember your first computer? Mm-hmm. Okay. I bet you your phone that you have now has a bigger process and more powerful than your first computer. Yeah. Okay, then what did I just say to you? I just said you've been a part of that whole technology process, but you never paid it attention. Right. How many Americans can say that? Hmm. Now, I'm going to take you clean out the book, but I'm going to bring you right back to it. You ready? And it goes this way. When we became Americans, and this was way before we were born. And as we evolved over the years, if you were born in the 1950s and on, do you know your race has probably been eradicated? Racism doesn't exist anymore? Hmm. Okay. And everybody asks me, how did you figure that out? How did you come up with that? Nothing very simple. If you took a gene study, which ever, which now technology has gave us this, you can go in there, swab your mouth or a blood sample, and they can do a gene study on you, right? Mm-hmm. How many people have found out that they were, they're not African Americans? Oh, right. right, right. How many white people have found out that they're more African American than some of the black people that have been quote-unquote, African-American. How many people that thought they were one race and found out they were really of another race, but because we've been issued underneath the word black, mm-hmm. you've been issued out as an African-American. I got, I, I told them I feel numb to that, so I had my genealogy done and found out I don't have nothing to do with Africa. Wow. But, Issue that I'm. You look at me. You say he's a black man. Well, um, not exactly. Well, you're African American. Nope. Nowhere in my genes. But the color of my skin makes me a black man, African American. Well. So when I my book, I threw everybody a curveball with the characters because as you read, you don't know what color they are. And that's true. That's very true. Right. Make me want to look up my my uh, genes and find out what's back well, there. 
well, 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 like I tell everybody, what good did wearing jeans you don't know what's in them? That's true. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, how can you call me an African-American or a black man and I don't know what's in me? I don't. Mm-hmm. I can find out now, but yeah. how many of us won't? But now then we go back into where we are now. Let's step into freaks. Freaks will basically show people that, hey, I can have, I can know about my past and help others that's been victims just like me. Because there are so many people that are listening to us right now. There's a lot of people that's going to be on your blog spot. They're sitting there and they're holding this illness and they're going, that's my little secret. It happened to me and I don't want nobody to know that happened to me. I promised myself I would never let that happen to my children, but that's not going to happen to me. And I'm sitting there going, wow. But the only way to fix what's in you is to get someone to help you. Yeah. And a lot of times they say, well, you got women out here, they just don't know how to treat a man, and they bitter, and they mad. So a lot of times there's something else going on inside of her, but she will not let it out so that she could be free of it. Once she's free of it, trust me, you'll find that there's a whole different people, a different person. I've had so many people tell me that they held it inside till they became bitter. They didn't know how to treat another man because this man did this to him or this woman did this to him. Right. That goes back to uh, forgiving, like holding in unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Same thing, but, yeah. Well, my thing is I tell anybody. You don't have to forgive them, but you release that illness that's in you that they put in you. So that basically you can almost around the thing, yeah. Well, because, see, a lot of times, like now, classic example, um, maybe a couple of months ago, Thaddeus Matthews did a big show, and this guy had all these girls locked up in an apartment, and he was putting them out on the street. Hmm. I looked at him as a person that took advantage of somebody that was naive but yet thought that they was ready for this world. Mm-hmm. And then I see these news articles all the time, 13-year-old girl, sexual harassment or uh, uh, molestation. Then you got the other ones that think they're, they're ready for the world. I'm a grown woman. I, I'm, I'm ready for the world. I know what to do. I know how to handle a man. I done done this and done that. And then when that one man that don't want them mm-hmm. is not there, what's the first thing they hug? He raped me. Okay, then that's the other side of the sex trafficking and the sex piece, dealing with children. The eighth card. You either going to do what I want to or I'm going to tell everybody you did this to me. Hmm. My word over yours. Ain't nothing a young man can do. Ain't nothing the older guy can do. You tricked him or she tricked him or he tricked him, whatever the case may be, into having sex with them because they thought they was ready for it. And when he found out the real truth, they go, oh, you're going to continue to do this and give me what I want? Well, I'm going to tell. I'm going to say you tried to kill me. And if I told anybody it was this and this, and you find it more and more and more, there's nothing you can do. You can just stay away from them and try to keep yourself in a situation where something is 
helping you at all times or better yet, I tell everybody, big brother's watching and you might as well be underneath the camera. Mhm. Wow. And so it's it's one of those things now. It's it's a it's a double edged sword. But the ones that are predators, yeah. I do everything in my power to keep their names out there in the lights so that everybody know where the predators are. But then you also have 13- and 14-year-old predators that's looking for a meal ticket because they don't no longer want to be at home underneath mama's authority or daddy's authority. Right, not knowing what's on that other side. Right. Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword no matter how you look at it. Well, great, great information. We're going to go to break real quick, and we will be right back. Good evening. We are back. 
I am your host, Ms. Mocha. Um, tonight, our guest is, oh, so much information, just information that really makes you think, makes your brain work. Uh, our guest tonight is Ronnie D. Johnson, author of FREAKS, which stands for Federal Response Enforcement Against Kids Sex. So much information, so much um, info on on new technology and um, how to see the signs. Uh, he has so much in his book about um, even helping parents, how to see the signs on what's wrong with your children or what's going on with them. I mean, so many different things going out here, going on out here in today's society that um, I think this is definitely a good buy for um, anyone who wants to be caught up on 2012 and what's going on out here in the world. So we are going to um, resume our interview. And, um, wow, you really got my mind going now. Um, (laughs) Okay, I have a question. Is there... um, you have so much information in this book. Is there a film that you have you thought about doing a film about yes. your book? Um the book, um matter of fact, that's where the book actually uh when I first I wrote the book and I was having so much I was having a hard time getting it published. Like I say it was huge. Nobody wanted to publish it was humongous and so much information. And um I was working as a salesman at H. H. Gregg in Memphis at the Wolf Chase store. And um, I had a guy come in and buy some stuff for his office, and we got to talking. And I kept looking at him, and when he got ready to pay for it, I looked down at his card, and the card said Craig Brewer. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, uh, I looked at him, and I was like, Hustle and Flow, Craig Brewer? He was like, yes, that's me. What? He said, you're not going to scream, my I said, no. I said, no. I got a question for you, though. He said, that's all you want? He said, autograph? And I said, no, I don't want no autograph. I'm not going to go there with you. He was like, wow, seriously? I was like, yes, seriously. I said, I'd rather have you as a friend than have your autograph. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, nobody ever said nothing like that. He was like, well, right, what's your question? You, you're good for one question. I was like, um, I have a book that I can't get published. And he says, I'm going to be honest with you. The money is in film, not in books. I said, but what if it's information bigger than Roddenberry's theory. And he said, oh, that's serious. He says, do you have a copy of this book? I said, just give me an email address. So he wrote down his email address, and I had a copy of the book on my phone. And I went on my phone, put in his email address, and sent it to him. And I said, you might want to check your stamp folder. It went straight to your um, email. He said, no, I don't have a stamp folder. And by that time, his phone vibrated, and he had the book. He said, well, mm-hmm. Finish this transaction, and I'm going to go and think about it. So he went out to the car that he was in, and uh, while he was waiting for the delivery of his merchandise to come out, and I guess he started reading. And I had mm-hmm. thought he left. So I didn't think nothing about it. I went back to uh, selling TVs, and um, somebody tapped me on my shoulder, and I turned around, and it was him. And he looked at me and said, uh, you sell me a 1,000 books, and I'll help you with a screenplay. And I went, what? What? Like, wow. So you know, I was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it took me back. And I was like, uh, I don't have a publisher. He says, that's not my problem. You sell me a 1,000 books, and mm. I get hit the screenwriting for this. And I went, yes, sir. 
I'll come up with it. Mm-hmm. So I sat down, and that was in '09, and um, I went through and um, really started trying to come up with a, a publishing house that would do it. And um, I finally found one, and um, uh, they told me I had to cut it down. They said, it's too big. You put this on the shelf, people, that's like putting the Bible on the shelf. Not too many people buy it, but they give it away. I was like, okay, <laughs> I understand. So I said, I'll break it into five uh, five series for right now. He said, why five? I said, well, that would be a good size book, but it would keep everybody going, and the first book will be the big piece. So I finally broke it down and got it into where we want it now, and we got it into the stores for my mom's uh, 40, 43rd birthday. I mean, I'm sorry, 83rd birthday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, she was asking me what I've been up to because I've been kind of quiet, and on her birthday I presented her with the book, the original, uh, the first book. And, uh, oh, wow. She's like, uh, what is this? I said, my book. She's like, like a real book? I'm like, yeah. She said, you ain't doing it. Ain't nothing to pop out of here. I said, nothing but some a story that I wrote. And uh, she read the first title pages, and she tear ran down her eye. She said, you're an awesome. I was like, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> and so now she says, you didn't wrote the book. Now, how are you going to make people read the book? And I sat down and started studying how I would get this information out there. And then I sat down with her and explained to her what the book was about. She said, this book is bigger than just a book. This book is how to help people heal. Exactly. So now you have to get out there and talk what you're good at. Talk to people. Don't hold back no more. Get back out there. She said, I understand when you was in the music business, that burned you. When you started the modeling agency, you got burnt out on that. You did Mm -hmm. IT, and it wasn't fast enough for you. Now you have the world at your fingertips and let them know exactly what's going on inside that mind of yours that never stops. So here I am. Wow. Well, congratulations to you for your um, such an outstanding accomplishment. And um, I do look forward to the film. So is it in the works now? Well, or? we're still selling. Right now it's... Um, with um, what I did was the way that I wrote up my uh, contract with the uh, this particular company because I I wanted to make sure this was the right thing to do. I did a print-on-demand uh, contract. That means that the okay. book isn't printed until somebody buys it. Because I okay. didn't want to be with a whole bunch of copies out there. And people, you know, you got a house full of books that you can't give away. And then all of a sudden it goes into a movie, and then now, you know, you – you're, you're inundated with all these books. So I, I did a deal like that, and then Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble has been so great to me, and they was like the e-books, we would do as many as they can download. So mm-hmm. it's, it's available at uh, Amazon.com, um, BarnesandNobles.com, uh, Urban Expression Bookstore. They have uh, two locations here in Memphis, Tennessee, in the Southland Mall and the Raleigh Mall, and he got plenty of them. And then they said you can get them via the web also. Books a Million also have them, and there's other retailers coming up. I couldn't. Okay. Uh, so it's 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 in the stores, and it, like I said, it's in the brick-and-mortar stores, and it's also available in uh, Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com, so anybody in the world can get this book and read it. Um, I 
kind of sort of held back and do it slowly because I really want people to read the book before they get a movie because, you know, once a movie comes out, nobody goes back and read the book. You got some that do, but most of them be like, okay, what's the next movie? So mm-hmm. I think really wanted to make sure they got the knowledge because if you do a movie on a book that's 464 pages, a lot of it's going to get dropped off because you cannot pinpoint everything in that book within an hour or two-hour movie. So my biggest thing was is I've been really, 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 really hard thinking, do I want to do a movie or do I want to do a TV series? Hmm. Okay. As a, as a TV series, I can take each chapter, and I can break down the chapter and move it along as many years as I can get it, keep people watching. And I can build that view with um, the viewership each year. Um, I looked at a lot of the older series that did that, The Sopranos, The Wire, uh, Sex in the City, different stuff like that. And now you got two of the largest black power brokers in TV media getting ready to have one that already has her own network, and the other one is about to get one or damn near got control of one. That's Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Neither one have a crime genre or a thriller genre on their network. Well, that's some of the things I've been thinking about. I was like, well, that would be nice for them to because they understand this plight. But then I look at Stars, Showtime, HBO, Cinemax, where they have these crime genres and there's no hold bars filming and shooting. And I was like, I really liked it because I could keep it gritty and I could keep it 100 to what these people are actually doing out here. And it's not sugarcoated. Regular TV, some of these networks, I can't do it. HBO, Cinema Stars, Showtime, I don't have to sugarcoat it. And I was explaining it to one young man. He was like, I don't get it. I said, if you, have you seen the, the, the newest genre of um, Spartacus, Gods of the Arena and Vengeance? He was like, yeah. I said, do they hold back on anything that they show in there? He's like, man, it's almost pornographic. I said, that's my point. But they show you exactly how the Romans lived in their society back in those days. Hmm. It was wild. It was just right out there in front of your face. They did whatever and whenever they want. You had your slaves, and then you had the um, the slave owners, the citizens of Rome, and their politics and how they were able to handle themselves and treat themselves and do whatever they wanted. If you had money and influence and power, you can walk into a house and say, I want your daughter, and I want that son, and they're coming with me, and I'm going to do whatever I want to with them, and i bring them back when I'm done. Here's your money. Shut up. Nothing you can do about wow. it. And the genres that they show, and I go, even back then, they show how the Roman citizens would go and take a boy or take a girl abuse them and use them for what they wanted to and it was okay because they were the political right. Wow. And so here in my book Freaks, I show you how the upper class and some of the lower class combine to become predators. Or as we look at them, they're um they commit the ultimate sin on a child. 
And they do it because they have the power. Mm. People that you never expected molesting children are molesting children. It's coming out now. But how long has this been going on? Wow. I wrote it. A long time. A long time. Right. It's been going before me and you were ever born or existed. Yeah, yeah. Before Christ. Yeah, I believe that. So you can go back. But when men wrote in, I mean, from the holographs on, on the Egyptian um, pyramids, the stories that they tell in their libraries of old, these are the way men and women carried themselves. Mm-hmm. Sex with their men. Yeah. So, so I, I wrote the book Grown. It's grown-up read. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I didn't sugarcoat it. If there was sex going on, I put it out there that this is the kind of sex that's going on. Is it anal sex? Yes. Was it oral sex? Yes. Did he penetrate? Yes. Why? Because in these streets and what's happening today, there is no question. When they go to court, you think they, they sugarcoat it inside the courtroom when they tell their story? Nope. No, they don't. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. So how would I sugarcoat the truth? I can't sugarcoat the truth. I bring every race in there, and I, I even brought the homosexual, transsexual aspects into this book also. Wow. I leave out, I try not to leave out a race of people or a genre of people, as they say. Because as this world evolves, it's like the new minority is a gay person. Mm-hmm. Um, it will come on. They are just as powerful in any political arena as the, as straight people. You can't look at them as different. They just choose to have a different sexual orientation. And some saying it's an illness and some saying that's their choice. I have a big to differ on anyone. I could care less. But mm-hmm. if you harm a child, you're just another beast. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. I could care less what two grown folks do, but when grown folks mix with our children, our future, I got a problem with that. Right. I tell anybody, you got all these different religious and political backgrounds. When it comes down to me, I'm one. I'm a technocrat. I tell them in a minute, if I had to, I'm not a Democratic or a Republican, I'm a technocrat. I look at the person that's more technology evolved, and if they're not, then I don't want to have nothing to do with him because he's dealing with the old world, and the old world will not come back. Wow. Oh, great, great, great information. Um, He definitely makes you think yes. about a lot of real-life um, real life situation stuff we're dealing with every day. Right. You have out here in society every single day that um is not always talked about, is not always discussed and um solutions. Coming up with right. solutions to prevent this stuff. So yeah, this is really um really good. Can you give out your website again for those who wanna to purchase? Book. Yes. The books are available from purchase, um from www.amazon.com, 
You can get it from BarnesandNoble.com, UrbanExpressionBookstore.com, BooksAmillion.com. If you would like to read excerpts from the book, you can go to my personal website at www.ronnram.com. You can find me on Facebook underneath my nickname, RunRam, R-O-N-N-R-A-M-M. I'd love to, for you to um, reach me on my uh, on Facebook, and i talk directly. Um, there's a lot of my friends underneath there, and I have a lot of groups underneath there that, uh, that are there to help people that's been victims of child uh, sexual molestation and sex trafficking. All you have to do is reach out to me. I gave my, I, I started the Facebook thing because I figured everybody could get on the World Wide Web. My email address are out there. Um, you can contact me uh, directly through Facebook, and um, I'm going to be making a footprint on Facebook bigger and bigger every day because I say the only way this thing will be hushed is for somebody to end sex trafficking, but it will grow up. It will blow up every day until one day. Even the president will say, hey, if somebody ever tried to come up in here, I have to worry about the Secret Service. I will handle my business. And when you hear that come from the president's mouth, then you know this stuff is serious. But until then, there's nothing we can do, nothing we can possibly do but inform ourselves, educate ourselves, and start talking to our children early. Look, watch out for this. These this is not in fun and games. This person is trying to get you. This is not fun and games. This person is trying to do that. This is not fun and games. This person is trying to do that. Mm-hmm. As much as we hate to talk to our kids early, we have to now. It's just yes. a way of life. They learn faster than we do. Yes, they do. They pay attention to everything. Well, that's where they. That's their learning curve. We put it on TV, we make it visual. And one thing I hate about TV is it kills the book, but it shows education. Because I bet you you show any kid a video and play the music, he'll learn that song and be able to dance just like they were in the video. But you give him a yeah. book, he'll never be able to figure that dance out. Yeah. Wow. Good, good, good info from um, Ronnie D. Johnson, author of Freaks, which stands for Federal Response Enforcement Against Kids Sex. So much information. Wow, we will continue to um, um, support you on your project for your book, and I'm definitely looking forward to the film. If the book got all this information in it, I cannot even imagine what the film will consist of. And uh, you know, taking it from the paper to film—that's a whole another ball game. Yes, ma'am. So, um, <laughs> very, very excited about that. Um, we will definitely continue to support you on your project. And um, I'm posting—I've I've already posted your book and your um, link to your website on our blog. Okay. So I have it posted on the Facebook pages. I have it posted on Twitter. So um, we're definitely. Um, working with you to get the word out about your book and what you're doing and the, the great information that you have to offer through, through your book and soon to come a film. So um, I don't think it's going to take you long to get the the, um, the the as many books sold as you need to, to get sold to get the book, uh, to get the film started. So um, we're definitely um, 
will be a number one supporter behind you, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show. We want to thank you so much for even considering Black Writer Space when it comes to um, getting um, advertisement and exposure for your book and your projects and what you're trying to do. Well, I, I appreciate everything that Joe guys done because, like I tell everybody, as I increase my circle, I'm closing my circle behind you. So that means that as I get in to the bigger circle, I bring you with me. And that could be a part of a launch and a power, you know, something that we can become powerful with. Because you can always say, well, I can always call Run Ram, and he'll come back on the show, and we can help push this even bigger. And you have that access now. And among others, we're going to show that we haven't given up on literature because we all are writers and we all love to read. So as a partnership, anytime you need me, just call. I mean, and like I tell everybody, runram.com, and you can find me on Facebook, R-O-N-N-R-A-M-M. Ask me any questions. If you need help, please inbox me. If you, you, know, if you don't want to talk about it and have everybody see you out there on the post, inbox me. I will find you help wherever city you're in because I'm working on right now, uh, I'm getting ready to start something with our mayor right here in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm going to set it up with the mayor coalition to where if I can get a hold of one mayor and I got 50 states and 50 cities and 50 whatever, I can call there and say, look, my mayor is this, call him, he'll verify me. I need to get these people help. And that's something I want to set up because, we can sit here all day and look at TV and say, oh, they feel victim to this, but we won't do nothing about it. Now we're going to set up a network where I can call up and say, hey, I have this person. They need help. Can I send them to it? Is there a center there or something that you can give me information on that can help them get to that next level so that they can get healing? And we can get these people help that they need instead of them festering inside them and end up being a predator because they were preyed on. Wow. All right, you guys heard it. This is um, good stuff. It's real talk, real issues, and um, we need to start coming up with some solutions. So um, we want to thank you again for uh, gracing our radio show, and you definitely have us as a supporter. We enjoyed you today, and um, I'll be posting... um, the link. I'll, I'll be posting a link on the Facebook page where that people can go back and listen to the interview. Whoever missed the, the live interview can always go back and listen to it. So um, thank you so much for um, chatting with us tonight, and you enjoy your evening. Okay, and I appreciate everything, and I look forward to talking with you guys later. Have a thank great night. Thank you, and we look to have you back. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Wow, great, 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 great information from uh, Ronnie D. Johnson, author of FREAKS, which stands for Federal Response Enforcement Against Kids' Sex. Great information, and I'm definitely looking forward to the film. Um, Awesome book. He said he had a 1,000 pages. He had to condense it down. How do you have a 1,000 pages? Can you imagine that? Imagine how many words that is. That's some serious writing. But what I like is that he's just not writing um, about anything. He's writing about real issues, real things that that people are dealing with out here in society. It's like everyday stuff, real talk. People always say real talk, 
this book is real talk. So again, his website is www. Ron Ram R O N N R A M M, or you can look at look for his book, Freaks. Uh, author Ronnie D. Johnson at Amazon.com, Urban Expressions, Books a Million, and if you want to read an excerpt, feel free to go to his website. Uh, we definitely enjoyed having him. Lots and lots and lots of great information. He took us all the way back to Star Trek <laughs> and the technology that they were using back in the 60s. We're using today. Never even thought about it. So, um Awesome, awesome information. It's always good to have um, we have our, our books that entertain us and our books that, that uh, have us uh, the, uh, biographies and memoirs about someone's life, like our author we had last night. And then we have these type of books where it's basically, and he talks a little bit about everything, uh, technology and then the um, the thing with the sex with children and, and um Teenage girls all the way down to kids being molested and really trying to help, trying to heal. You know, he said the reason he wrote his book was to heal. So that's very important. We need, the the whole world needs healing at this point. So um, that's amazing when you have someone that dedicates their knowledge and um, not just talking about the issues that are out here in the world, but actually trying to come up with solutions. And healing is definitely a form of solution. So we want to give him kudos um, to his project, and he is um, looking to do a film. So I'm excited about that. And um, like I tell you guys every day, thank you so much. We appreciate our listeners. But the, the most important thing I always say is to continue to go forth with your vision and your goals. Don't let anything stop you. I think he talked about that as well. There's the, about the word can't, using the word can. The way technology is today and the way the world is moving forward today, you can't even use that word. What can't you what can't you do? So, um just that statement itself means a lot. It it goes a long way. So, um Stay encouraged, and um, we are definitely here for support. I am going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. What? 
Good evening, and we are back. Um, tonight, our guest was uh, Ronnie D. Johnson, author of Freaks, which stands for Federal Response Enforcement Against Kid Sex. Lots and lots and lots of information from technology to um, the um, teenage um, uh the teenagers on the street uh, who are being abused or, you know, just put out there on the street thinking they're ready for um, real life and just this crazy stuff. Um, Children uh, being abused and just a a total book of healing and um, just being a blessing to others, which is what we need out here in the world today. His website is, uh, if you'd like to read an excerpt of his book, his website is Ron Ram, which is R O N N R A M M dot com. You can uh look for his book at Urban Expressions and Books a Million and um also Amazon dot com. So um uh you can always go to his website and read an excerpt of his book or uh just go directly to Amazon and purchase it. Great, great, great information. We're definitely excited about his projects. He's also looking to do a film. So um, good stuff, great stuff, always here at Black Writers Space. We're here to support our writers, our authors. Um, Stay tuned for um, information on our first annual Literary Spring Book Expo. I am planning for late April, early May, so I'll have the dates confirmed uh, by the end of this week. And... um, The first event will be free of charge, so please come out and support us. We want to see you. We want to hear from you. We want to get the word out to let people know resources are here. You don't have to uh, be subject to um, whether or not a major publisher takes um, your book deal and accepts it. You know, you can always self-publish, and I definitely try to promote that. So, um it's not difficult. It is a little work, but it's not difficult. So I always say move forward with your dreams, your visions, do your research. Google is always there. You can always Google. You can always email us. If you have any questions, comments, ideas, um, the email is blackwriterspace with two S's at gmail.com. Please feel free to contact us with any um ideas you might have or questions we're on facebook we're on twitter we have a blog spot which is black writer space with two s's dot blogspot dot com we also have our other site available now you can go on and um create a profile while it's still free because there will be a membership fee starting in march that website is black writer space with two s's dot ning dot com feel free to go in there and make a um profile. It's um, a network full of writers, authors, publishers, ghostwriters, you name it, anybody to assist you in your project with your book. Um, So again, we are definitely here to support. We will be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. with our uh, surprise guest tomorrow. We have, I think we filled up for the whole week. Except for Friday, I think I, I don't think I have anyone Friday, but uh, we have some great, great, great guests for this week. And um, if you have a book that you uh, either have coming out or you um, have just released your book and you are looking to get some exposure for your book so that people know who you are about your brand, your book, you, who are you as a writer? Tell us about you. 
um, feel free to inbox me on Facebook. I have packages that include an author interview advertisement on our on our Facebook page as well as our blog and everything. So get the word out. You have to do your part. Um, that is one downfall about, well, not a downfall, but because you still, it teaches you how to market yourself, so it's not a downfall, but that is one of the um, benefits that, that don't come with self-publishing is that you have to market yourself. So, um, it, and it, then again, it is a benefit because you learn how to sell yourself. You learn how to market your book, uh, what your book is about, um, and market to your audience that you want to purchase your book. So, um, again, great information. We're here if you need help, if you need resources. If we cannot help you, we have people who can help you that we're connected to. So um, we've had some great guests on the show. We've had uh, Nikki Turner, J.M. Benjamin, Melvin Childs. I mean, just um, feel free to go to our website here at uh, Blog Talk Radio forward slash Black Writers Space. Feel free to listen to any of our uh, past shows, interviews that you did miss. If you missed this one, you can always go back and listen to the shows as many times as you feel. And um, just good stuff. We're trying to get the word out, trying to just be a a link to your vision and um, assist writers and authors with their literary accomplishments. So we're definitely moving forward. It's 2012, and it's time to get some things shaking, some things moving. So, um We are here. We love you, and we will see you tomorrow at 7. Good night.